Hey everybody, it's me, Josh, your dear friend. And for this week's SYSK Selects, I've chosen how bioluminescence works. We released it originally in September of 2012, and it's a straight-ahead, super-interesting, science-y episode. The best kind. And for some reason, I sound so low-key that it seems like I'm going to melt into the floor at any moment. No idea why. I hope you enjoy listening to it again as much as I did. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And uh, you put us together, and you get a little something called Stuff You Should Know. And that's what this is, whether you like it or not. You have to listen to it. That's right. Um, Actually, no one has to listen to this. No, it's mandated. Oh, okay. It's part of both um, Obama's and Romney's platforms. (laughs) Yeah, it's a part of Obamacare. You got to listen to stuff you should know, and you got to get an RFD chip in your hand. And you have to (laughs) give poor people all your money. None of that is true, except Um, that you have to listen to the podcast. And the poor people part. Yeah. Um, Chuck. Yes. How's it going? It's great. Are you feeling sick? Do you need any kind of care, Obama or otherwise? No, are you feeling sick? I'm fine. Oh, no, I'm, I'm great. tense, like my shoulder muscles are going to pop right out of my skin. Boy, I went to that foot massage place on Beaufort Highway the other day. You ever been there? Mm-mm. Treat your feet. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's a great name. They'll they'll do an hour on your feet for 25 bucks if that's what you desire. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, about a little bit into it, they'll ask you like, would you want to go half and half, like half body, half foot? Because basically they get you in there, they're going at your feet, and you're like, you know, I don't know if I could do an hour on my feet. Gotcha. Like, each toe has gotten their own massage at this point. Right. Like they're just jelly. Cracked your toes. Yeah. So that you think, yeah, you know, I'll pay another 20 bucks for uh, the body. Right. And they give you tea. It's really nice. You should go. It does sound nice. But it's not like private. Like you're in a big room with like 15 recliners. And yeah. Everyone's just sitting around. And Well, we've gotten back rubs at the mall before. Yeah, that's true. You remember? I don't know how I got on this. Treat your feet. Buford Highway. Go eat some pho. And then go get your foot massaged. Where's good pho around here? We were trying to figure that out. The Beaver other day. Highway. Yeah, where? Which uh, one? If you, <laughs> are we going to do this now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like pho number two, uh-huh. um, which is uh, past Claremont. Um, it's in a little shopping center. Okay. Just look it up. Okay. I mean, it's, it's all good. Okay. All good pho. Good. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got on there, but. Some places on Buford Highway owe you some money. <laughs> Seriously. At least some free pho. Um, right. This has nothing to do with bioluminescence. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Although, sometimes if you stir your pho around, Chuck, you're going to see some um, fungus possibly rise to the top. Yeah, or maybe, maybe shrimp. A if couple of times. Yeah, right? Shrimp. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. And um, were those things still alive and not cooked, they possibly might glow. <laughs> And were they to glow, you would say, look at those things. They're bioluminescing. That's right. Because that's what they do. Yeah. It is a life form that generates their own glow inside their body. Their own light. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yep. And um, you, I, I read a, a different um, study. It was like, what, what's the deal with this? Because this is still very much a mystery. Um, we have an idea of yes, how this goes sure. down, but... Not in every case. Yeah. We also don't understand why in a lot of cases. Yeah. 
Um, and, and in some cases, we don't understand how. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is I don't think it's that it's out of the grasp of science to understand it. I think that when researchers are, are looking into this, they just they become so transfixed on the beautiful glow that they forget what they're doing and waste tons of time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I got to publish or perish. And then it's just like they just write why on a piece of paper and send it in. As Tracy Wilson mm-hmm. of Pop Stuff, great podcast, points yep, out. Right. And Tracy's articles are always awesome. Yeah. Oh, man, they're comprehensive. You know, I never have to worry about it. Um, sadly, sometimes uh, scientists can either harm the, the light-making uh, magic when they try to study them. Right. This makes it hard to study. Or the animal will exhaust its light-making uh, glow capabilities uh, out of, like, fear or defense. Or spite. Or spite, which will also make it hard to study. Right. So those are a couple of reasons. And the whole just, why? Right. Yeah. So um, we do have a pretty good handle uh, to some extent. But let's talk about what luminescence itself is, right? With uh, this light bulb right here in this IKEA brand lamp. Yes. Um, It's incandescent. It's an incandescent light bulb, Chuck. I think this is an Edison bulb, too. Is it? Oh, is it like the real old-timey looking one? No, sort of. So that is pretty simple. It has electricity that passes through a filament, Mm -hmm. just a thin metal piece of something, (laughs) metal, (laughs) And that heats up, and it heats up so much that it gives off light, yeah, which is incredibly inefficient. And if, say, a jellyfish were to do this, it would catch fire, even though it's underwater. <laughs> right. Right? So what um, living organisms do when they want to give off light is something called um, cold light or bioluminescence, which is the combination of chemicals that produce light. It's like a glow stick. But no heat. But yeah. it is just like a glow stick. You're combining two things that will make a glow. Exactly. Except you don't have to shake up the jellyfish and <laughs> they throw don't it like at your sister. At no. They do not like that. Or it's like the glow sticks that I used to sell very uh, often at Stone Mountain Laser Show. It's like the glow sticks that I used to dance with at <laughs> raves. You were at raves and I was selling these things during like Lee Greenwood's. Lee Greenwood? <laughs> Lee Greenwood, yeah. Proud to be an American? Sure. Yeah. Boy, I heard that song 5,000 times. I'll bet. Anyone who's never been to Stone Mountain, Georgia, they have a big rock there, and they have a laser show on it during the summer. Uh, it's a big rock that has a um, basically the Confederate heroes carved into the side of it by the guy who did Mount Rushmore. Oh, is that the same guy? Uh-huh. Yeah, and they show a, a very corny laser show every summer since, like, the early 1980s. And not just once this summer, like every night every during the summer. Night, yeah. yeah. That's why I've heard it 10,000 times. It's something. And Chuck used to work there. I think you left that out. Selling glow sticks. I sold the glow sticks. Full circle. Yes. All right, let's quit stalling. Let's talk about bioluminescence, okay? That's all over the place. Well, uh, like you said, we don't know exactly how it works in all cases, but we do know that uh, these animals do mix together different substances, just like a glow stick would. Right. And uh, to turn their little glow on and off. Right. Um, here on the planet, not in the ocean, because that's where most of this stuff takes place. Right. Here on planet Earth, on the dry land, uh, you can have things glowing like foxfire, which is this fungus that feeds on rotting wood. Mm-hmm. If you look up pictures of foxfire, pretty cool. Yeah, it's eerie. Doesn't look real, but it's real. It's very real. 
Um, the jack-o'-lantern mushroom, you can Google that as well. It's I also kind of that. cool. That's my favorite bioluminescent organism. Why? Just because it's the single uh, thing? On land, on terra firma. Because it, it's a perfectly named thing, the jack-o'-lantern mushroom. Like, yeah. It has that glow coming through the gills. Yeah. Um, and just the gills. So it it's looks like cool. there's like this glow coming inside and there's like holes where it's coming out of. It's so neat. My favorite on terra firma is the lightning bug. Oh, yeah. AKA good. the firefly mm-hmm. here in the South. And I guess I'm not sure where else they call them lightning bugs, but definitely in the South. Yeah. Uh, you'll see them come out every summer. And uh, if you're a little kid, you can go around and uh, catch them and put them in a jar and, and then release them. And then release them. And in fact, it, you may be harming them just by catching them. Probably. But what you don't want to do if you're a kid is like smash these things. Right. Because that's just, you know, that means you're going to end up being a serial killer one day. Probably. Yeah. Uh, so the firefly is, uh, you know, you generally think of them as the adults flying around, but their little larva can glow as well on the ground. Right. And a lot of people call, um, firefly lava glowworms, but glowworms are apparently another kind of fly larva. Yeah. Fireflies are fireflies or lightning bugs. That's right. Um. Centipedes, millipedes, there's all, all kinds of little things that can glow. Worms. Yeah. Uh, there's some worms that give off a bioluminescent sludge and no one has any idea why is it their poop Do no they poop it out? i don't think so remember no. the um the the secretion they they produce when they're mating and all that oh yeah it's probably like that it okay. probably comes from the ring i can't remember the name of the ring so that's on earth but if you really want to get down to some cool glowing creatures right you need to dive down into the ocean to the twilight zone which uh I think we've talked about that, haven't we? No, we talked about it in biospeleology. Oh, in caves? Yeah, right. there's different zones of light penetration in caves and in the ocean, too. That's right. Um, the twilight zone is generally about 660 to 3,300 feet deep. 201 um, to 1,006 meters. It depends because, obviously, different kinds of ocean water are going to allow different amounts of light in. It depends on what the ocean floor looks like. Uh, but it is... Um, it is the dysphotic or poorly lit zone, mm-hmm. deeper than the euphotic sunlit zone. Or good lit zone. Or shallower than the uh, aphotic midnight zone, which is like scary. No light. That's a scary time down there. Right. Those are the things down there that have like no eyes. Right. Cause because there's it no just reason doesn't matter. for them. Same yeah. like with the caves. So, um, yeah, remember what was the Prometheus salamander? Yeah. Just three feet long and doesn't have eyes. The scariest thing ever, except for the cigar shark, which we'll actually get to in here. Okay, so uh, is that the cookie cutter shark? Yeah, man, that thing's frightening. Um, so in this uh, this twilight zone, the dysphotic zone or mesopelagic zone, mesopelagic zone. Stop laughing at me. Uh, there, this is where most of the bioluminescent organisms on Earth can be found. And the light that penetrates this area um, is a blue-green color because the red, yellow, orange... Yeah, the red, yellow, and orange are absorbed by the seawater above. Yeah. And the violet is scattered. Yeah. So the blue and the green are the ones that get through. So everything's just kind of color blue-green. That's what the sunlight is. So most of the bioluminescent organisms in this um, dysphotic zone, dysphotic zone, have evolved to produce... Uh, light at that same wavelength. Yeah. From something like 440 to 479 nanometers, which is like the blue-green spectrum. That's right. So, 
matches that sunlight. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, we'll get to it, but it can lead to some cool things like camouflage. Yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, the, it, but it also means that it travels farther. Light travels, that, that type of light travels the farthest in water because yeah. it has a shorter wavelength than the other types. So, uh, an animal producing this could really cook down there, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're talking jellyfish, uh, shrimp, krill, squid, other kinds of fish, marine worms, whatever the heck that is. They're exactly what you think. It is? Yeah. What are those one worms called that like come up out of the, the little tubes? Tube worms. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I believe that's what they're called. Huh. Um, either that or I just made some terrible like sixth grade joke. <laughs> but um, they, they, they are like on the ocean bottom and the, they, have, they just come out of these tubes. Wow. And grab stuff and go back in. They're like three feet long. You've like not a, seen this? A sea snake to me, no? Yeah, but they're... But it's I a think, worm. I think they're attached or they may be attached to their tubes. Oh, uh, okay. Or they just never come all the way out. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about the blue-green uh, light is what they generally produce. Um, there is something called the loose jawfish, which actually can make red light very deep in the ocean, but that's really unusual that can make red light. And it's... Um, a lot of species can't even see the color red down there because right. I, I don't know if they're just their brains aren't used to it because they never see it. So the loose jaw uses this thing um, to to basically sneak up on people. Um, it's like Jane Gum at the end of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, exactly. And, and like the fish are like Jodie Foster, like going, <laughs> <laughs> and Jane Gum is the loose jaw fish coming up behind her, like I can see you, but you can't see me. <laughs> So, like we said earlier, we don't know for sure why all these uh, bioluminescent forms of life are down there doing their thing. Um, you did mention the earthworm that has the secretion. They don't know why they do that. Uh, the mushroom spores, they think that maybe it's um, to attract insect to spread these spores. That's why yeah. the mushroom glows. Makes sense. Um, sometimes, and this one's kind of cute, sometimes animals will light up when something nearby them lights up, which I think might just be a little like, hey, how you doing? I can glow too. Well, that's what fireflies are doing. Yeah, they're attracting mates, right? Yeah. With a, like a very specific pattern right, of, of lighting. Right, they use it to communicate. Like, hey, you're looking pretty good. <laughs> Meet you by the fence post. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's go get some pho. <laughs> so should we talk about the, the dinoflagellates, the dinoflagellates? Dinoflagellates. <laughs> Am I pronouncing it wrong? No, I think I was wrong. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. So, have you ever seen Apollo thirteen? Yeah. You remember the part where um, he, they had a Tom, problem, Houston? Is it Tom Lovell? Jim Lovell. Yeah. Where Jim Lovell and uh, is hanging out with Bill Paxton, and they're talking about how they're just shooting the breeze yeah. while they're trying to stay alive, and um, he talks about how he was flying a mission, um, coming in on an aircraft carrier, and there was a blackout, and he couldn't 
see where he was going. He couldn't find the aircraft carrier to land. He was running low on fuel. Then all of a sudden he looks and he notices that there's a bunch of, um, he calls it like glowing algae or whatever. Yeah. But what he's talking about were dinoflagellates that were kicked up by the wake of the um, aircraft carrier, and he used them as like a runway wow. to guide him in. I don't remember that part. That's a great part. That awesome. whole movie from like start to finish was yeah. awesome. Ron Howard. But these dinoflagellates create what's called a milky sea. When you get enough of them together, when they're disturbed physically, they start to glow. And if you have a bunch of them, you can see them from space, actually. In this article, there's a picture of a pretty substantial milky sea off the coast of Africa. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and if you Google milky sea, too, you can see some, like, that's cool looking, but I like the shots from, like, low-flying planes yeah, or sure. helicopters. Very sure. cool looking. Yeah. And, uh... A little eerie, yeah, if I may say so. They have no idea, again, why dinoflagellates would glow when they're disturbed. Obviously, they're like trying to register their complaint. They can't talk. Yeah. They can't flip anyone off. So they <laughs> glow yeah. out of anger, apparently. <laughs> um, and they, they, there's a theory called the burglar alarm theory. I like this one. Where basically they think that um, when dinoflagellates start to glow... It's because there's little fish eating on them, right? Which is disturbing. But they think that maybe they glow to basically alert larger fish that will come eat the smaller fish so they'll stop eating the dinoflagellates that there's little fish in the area. Pretty awesome. Like, hey, help. <laughs> come eat this guy because you're bigger. Right. Uh, here's some other, and, you know, these are the ones that are the most understood because there is a lot of uncertainty, like we said, like 10 times. Um <laughs> But here's here's some of the reasons that they think they're doing this. Communication, which we've mentioned with the firefly right. or the lightning bug. Right. Uh, to locate food, maybe to use it as an actual light to see in the dark. Right. Pretty cool. Or a spotlight to catch prey. Sure. Uh, oh, like temporarily blind something? Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Or no, to like go find it. Or like, just to find it's it. It's very dark in here. I need to see what fish are around. Uh, to attract prey, like the angler fish, like, ooh, look at this bright glow. Come here. Chomp. Yeah, I love that one. What was that in Finding Nemo? Man, that thing was scary. I didn't see that one. Oh, it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, camouflage. I don't watch any of those anymore because Emily doesn't like them. Oh, yeah, she doesn't like Disney movies? She doesn't like any of those Pixar movies because it's always like some tragedy. Like someone dies and it's heartbreaking. Man, keep her away from Toy Story 3. Oh, dude, I can't even watch that movie. I made her watch Up and she was just like a like a little blob of plankton oh, yeah. on the floor. The first 10 minutes are just so sad. Yeah. My God. But I always explain to her, like, this is why they make these movies, so kids can learn how to cope with death, and then they see, like, it's all happy afterward. Right. You know? All right. Camouflage. <laughs> this is the coolest one. Yeah. And it's pretty, it makes sense, too. If you're in the ocean, if you've ever, like, swum down 10 or 15 feet and looked up, open your eyes in the ocean, I've done it. Um, <laughs> it's It's hard to see stuff below you, but it's easy to look up because, you know, the sunlight's penetrating down and see, like, the silhouette. Or in the case of Jaws, you see like the silhouette of the, the lady's legs on the raft. Right. And you know that's good eating. Um, if you have, like in the case of, uh, what's it called, counter-illumination, you can actually produce spots on your underside to make it more difficult for a fish beneath you, a predator beneath you, to look up and like make out what's going on. Like you won't have the 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 perfect little silhouette outline of a yummy fish it'll confuse it basically right because you're cutting down on the contrast pretty cool like you're creating light that blends in with that same blue green light and all of a sudden you disappear 
Well, or it just breaks up your shape so you sure. don't look like you should. Right. Um, and then there's the opposite, the cookie cutter or cigar shark, which is the name I think you made up. Um, no, no, that's real. Uh, which basically has the the reverse of that where the bottom, the underside of the cookie cutter shark glows except for this one spot in the middle that is dark that looks like a small fish. Yeah. So a, a shark or some other animal looking up will be like, I'm going to go eat that fish. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, it's a cookie cutter slash cigar shark. <laughs> and then the cookie cutter shark takes a bite out of them. Well, perfectly that's, round bite. Yeah, that's why they call it the cookie cutter. It's yeah. like a little plug of flesh. And if you've ever seen Google these dudes in their face, it's like the most frightening little thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, they're pretty terrifying. And you'll see pictures of like a shark or a whale washed up on the shore with like hundreds of these little bite plugs taken out of them. Man. Yeah, it's pretty awful. That's a that's a terrible way to go. Yeah, but good for you, Cigar Shark, because you're small and you're doing what you can. It's a tough world down there. It's wily. You know? And it's diphotic. Uh, and then self-defense is the last reason. Um, and basically like a squid may release ink to cloud your vision. Some of these things can release a cloud of, a glowing cloud to uh, basically make you sit back and put on Pink Floyd and like chill out for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. There's a shrimp, there's a type of shrimp that releases a, a bioluminescent cloud and I couldn't get the name. I saw both fire breathing and vomiting shrimp Ew. for the common names, but yeah, it just spits it out. That's not what you would want to order on a menu. <laughs> the fried vomiting shrimp. Right. Uh, and make sure there's extra poop in the main vein. <laughs> Gross. Um, so what's going on here? How, how How is this magic happening? Well, just like we mentioned with the light stick, it involves two different substances mixed together to produce this reaction. Right. Um, and there can be all different kinds, kinds of chemicals, but depending on the on the fish or the the being, the being? The being, life form? Being works, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the God's gift. <laughs> one is a, a luciferin, and that's the light producer, and the other is a luciferase, and that is the enzyme that catalyzes it. So, right. And those aren't specific things. Like you, you wouldn't look at the chemical composition of something and be like, oh, that's luciferin. Yeah. Something can be a luciferin. It's a generic term for something that produces light or something that catalyzes the production of light, the luciferase. That is correct. Okay. And they will uh, mix together. And uh, a lot of times the luciferin is something called a photoprotein. And it needs an ion, a charged ion, to get things going. That would be the luciferase. That's right. But in all cases, there is some sort of trigger. It could be mechanical, could be chemical, could be neurological. Startle? Yeah, it could be something they don't understand yet. But something triggers these two, uh, two things to get together and make this reaction. And one thing that I didn't realize was the word lucifer means light bringer. Yeah. I never knew that. You mean I um, went on a little side tear last night trying to figure out why the devil would be named the Lightbringer. Yeah. Did you find out? No. It's a mystery. It's um, Latin, and it came years, like centuries after um, the Old Testament was originally written. And I can't remember what version, but it was basically like added on by, the, I guess, the Romans maybe? Huh added it on, but it's because it's Latin, and the original version was not written in Latin. Lightbringer. 
the light bringer. Yeah. The morning star. That's huh. another way to put it. Really? They they said maybe it had to do with Venus because Venus is like a false star. Yeah. And so maybe Lucifer is a false angel is what they're saying. But uh, we, that we makes really sense because the, the devil would always come in disguise maybe. Yeah. And, I think that's weak. Light yeah. bringer? That's pretty specific. Like, what is that? I bet there's some theologian that has the answer here. I want to hear it. Yeah, I would for love sure. to f- find out about that one. So um, you've got luciferin, you've got luciferase. Some of these chemical reactions require another substance, and a lot of times it's oxygen, right? So luciferin will come in in contact with an oxygen molecule, and then the luciferase comes along, and then you've got a bioluminescent glow, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But they also think that that's one of the reasons, I should say, that's one of the reasons why they think that bioluminescence is an accidental byproduct of regular old evolution. Oh, yeah? And that originally, um, like, there's a luciferin called um, celantirazine, I believe is how you pronounce it. All right. Uh, And it's an antioxidant. It goes around and tries to find, like, rogue, harmful uh, free radicals, oxygen derivatives, right? Yeah. And get rid of them. and they, they think that this happened, this was the, a process that was way, way older than bioluminescence. And yeah. then along came sub, sub, some substance uh, that became a luciferase, and then f- light was created. And then it was just a byproduct, like heat's a byproduct of metabolism, right? Right. Um, but they think also that over time this happened in, like, maybe it's going on inside of us right now. Right. And we're producing light, but we just don't know it. Or it's just so weak that we wouldn't even possibly be able to detect it. But this happened enough times in animals in the ocean where suddenly ones could catch prey more easily because they could see better than other animals that weren't bioluminescing. Huh. And so it was selected in these guys. And now bioluminescence is its own trait rather than a byproduct of... Gotcha. Uh, the antioxidant process. I bet you're right. Oh, it's, that's not me, man. No, I think you just cooked this up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That's better than why, as far as research papers go. Yeah, throw a theory out there. See if it sticks. Yeah. That's what I say. So uh, the deal with these these animals is they either have all this stuff like in their body as part of them, or they have a little relationship with a bacteria, light-producing bacteria, mm-hmm. that live in a light organ and this is pretty cool. Like, some of these animals can pull this organ back into their body. Like, it's always on. Right. Sometimes they don't want the light to be on, so they'll pull it back in the body. Or they have a little something like a light, uh, an eyelid that they can just kind of close over the light. Right. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. But it's and, always uh, going. Yeah. And, w- and what the other thing with evolution is they think that because they don't see this as often in, in lakes, because lakes are younger, then they think it maybe happened independently at different parts in the ocean. So I talked to Tracy about this, and it was a little hinky. She wrote this a long time ago. She couldn't quite remember what the point was. But the point was that they think that because the process of antioxidation Mm -hmm. is a normal thing, 
um, that the the conditions were right for bioluminescence to be selected naturally right. in some places, but it wouldn't in like a lake. So the the idea that this happened independently and spontaneously right. when needed uh, through evolution is kind of backed up by the idea that you don't really see bioluminescence at the bottom of lakes because you don't need it. Yeah. It all makes sense when you just peel the peel the little curtain back, doesn't it? Yep. When you peel the glowing skin back. <laughs> what else? You got anything else? Have you uh, seen glowing cats? No. Are there cats that glow? Yeah. The Mayo Clinic likes to put jellyfish genes in animals. The most, uh, the biggest one so far is a cat, and make it glow because they're tracking um, disease. They're using it to mark the progression of diseases. But they made a glowing cat. It's pretty cool. Now, does the how do I got to look this up? It what glows under like? a blue light, but oh, it glows okay. green, and it's like the cat glows green. Like it, it's, I guess it's the hair, the keratin it produces has some sort of fluorescent property to it, but it's it's not bioluminescent in it's uh, fluorescent, and fluorescent is where you take light of one color and reflect it back, absorb it and reflect it back of it as a different color. You're not actually producing light. All right, I just looked it up. Wow. It's it's a glowing cat. Look and I double checked the date. Kitties. I double checked the date. I'm like, this better not be an, uh, an April Fools <laughs> article, but it's not. Wow. Yeah. I want one of those. Dysphotic. Yeah. Okay, so if you uh you're done? I'm done. Yeah, there's uh, glowing rats too. No, these are baby cats, I think. Are you Wh- sure? Which are called kittens in some countries. Um, if you uh, if you want to learn more about bioluminescence, you should type that in to the search bar, and you want to type B I O L U M I N E S C E N C E. It's a mouthful. In the search bar at howstuffworks.com, and uh, it'll bring up this very cool article with some pretty glowing pictures. Um, and I said. Uh, search bar somewhere in there which means it's time for listener mail uh no it's not josh today is part two of oh yeah you want to say it uh for those of you don't know this is the point at the show where we um thank people for little tokens and gifts and tchotchkes and things that they have sent us food sometimes foods and um it's a good chance to a hear your name on the show as a as a thank you and it's a good chance for some of you to find out where you can get some of these things because a lot of times they're like really great creative crafty things books and, people write books and yeah and like too. we want to support uh, crafters and, and writers and bakers of cookies <laughs> and we want to support Bill Wagoner who sent us a bumper sticker on how to pronounce Nevada Nevada I'll never get used to that it's not right it is right but I, I tell everyone that writes in only people from Nevada say it that way Nevada. everyone else says Nevada Nevada. No, it's Nevada. All right. Lily, her sister uh, Toby and brother-in-law Danny started a company called Please Be Good Humans. Oh, yeah. Remember these guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, they sent us some shirts. I think they sent some to They Kristen. sent us stickers. They've got them. No, everybody has stickers. We passed them out. Oh, well, Kristen Conger, I think, got a shirt, too, though. Oh, she did? I think so. Oh, that's great. Um, and basically, uh, everything is has the PBGH uh, logo on it, which is... Like, be good to each other. And 15% of everything they sell goes to the charity of your choice. So if you go there, mm-hmm. uh, please uh, be good humans on the internet, you can actually get some of the stuff and choose your own charity that 15% will go to. 
very nice, nice message. Very nice. Um, how about some Randy Carbnoni action? <laughs> yeah. He sent us his Pirate Gags booklet, uh, which is uh, tailor-made for Pirate Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk National like a Pirate talk Day. Talk like a Pirate Day. If you want to learn more about that, you could go to Pirate Day, P-I-R-A-T-E-A-D-A-Y dot blogspot dot com and hook up with Randy Carbnoni action. <laughs> uh, Christopher M. Roth with an E at the end, sent us a Kindle version of his book, Dirk Danger Loves Life. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a Kindle yet, and I'm dying to read this thing. <laughs> it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there taunting waiting. you. Yeah. Um, Susanna from Archie, the Archie comics. Yay. Um, she sent us a bunch of stuff. She, she, she sends us stuff in like waves, I guess you could put it. But most recently, um, she sent us a uh, Archie Meets Kiss hardcover book. Yeah. A Kevin Keller book. Um, that's the first gay character. That's right. Uh, first gay comic book character. This whole Green Lantern hubbub. I haven't heard that. Oh, yeah. There's apparently two Green Lanterns, and one of them came out as gay. And really? kissed a man in, in the uh, comic. Wow. That he came out in. That's forward thinking. Yeah. But Archie's got him beat. That's right. Because of Kevin Keller, the first gay character. Yep. Uh, in the the Jinx comics that Susanna, is she draw, write, produce those? What is she? Yeah, do? I mean, that's her baby. So, um, nice support the Jinx comics and Archie as a whole she sent us shirts and uh, we were supposed to meet at uh, Comic Con but she said they were slammed in the booth and she was unable to get away Oh, I met the Uncle John's reader people bathroom reader people they gave us uh, shirts and uh, hats very nice so thank you to them as well we heard from Mad Magazine too which just like floored me yeah did you write that guy back? I totally did did you? yeah I finally did um, Daniel McKenzie from Oakland, California, sent us an LP from his band, Shut Eye Unison. Uh, awesome music, indie rock, a little noisy, a little melodic, mm-hmm. right up my alley. Nice. Shut Eye Unison. I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, Andy Parr sent us an edition of Games Magazine's World of Puzzles. Is that the one that had us as a clue? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff You Should Know was a, a clue in a word search, I believe. It's kind of neat. Nobody got it. You're no. Like, I don't get this one. That's cool, but it was very nice that he uh, he did, he went to that trouble. Uh, Suki, S-U-K-I, Design Laboratory, sent us some hankies. And this was the lady who designed the the baby uh, head t-shirt. With the fly. Yeah, our favorite t-shirt of the submissions. Yeah. The most disturbing one. It was one of my five favorites. It was my favorite, I think. Was it? Yeah, but um, she designed that, and she sent us some hankies with, like, these hankies have, uh, like, sleeping sickness and hepatitis mm-hmm. and, like, the chemical combinations of these right. on the hanky. Yeah. Yeah, it's and pretty that's, funny. That's what's contained within. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, thank you for this. Uh, Duffman sent us a Springfield Isotopes koozie yeah. from Duffman himself. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate that, sir. Uh, Silver Fox Broadband sent us Silver Fox t-shirts. And at first I was all, what is this broadband company sending us shirts? Then I looked up. They supply internet for senior homes. Yeah. So I was all of a sudden wore it with pride. Everyone at my gym thinks that I'm a Silver Fox. (laughs) Because I wear that shirt a lot. It's very comfortable. Uh, Let's see. The guys from Rock Tail Hour sent us a t-shirt. They podcast about rock music. Um, that's rock and then tail, T-A-L-E, hour. Check them out. BikeRappers.com uh, with W-R-A-P-B-E-R, not rapping like music. Right. Uh, they sent us some reflective bike wrappers and dog collars. Basically, 
just these little Velcro things. Such an easy invention, but but necessary. And you wrap them on the um, the frame of your bike to make your bike more reflective. Yeah. And they have little reflective dog collars, too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we've got Christmas cards from a bunch of people. Thank you very much for them. This is how far behind we are. I know. Uh, it's Christmas in July, everybody. Uh, Nick and Lindsay, Devin B., Becca Evans, Andrew, and Janelle Thomas. So thank you very much. Merry Christmas, all you people. <laughs> and happy Halloween, M. Oh, and I've got one more. M sent us a Halloween card. Oh, thanks. Happy Halloween, M. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again from Nick and Lindsay, they sent us Valentine's Day cards. Yeah, they're, they're pretty sweet. They sent us stuff. Are you done? Because I got two more on this one. Go ahead. Let's go for it, dude. Uh, David Beaver's family has been making a magnetic calendar for 50 years. Yeah. And not just one. They've been making the magnetic calendars for 50 years. Yeah. Uh, TheMagneticCalendar.com, owned, operated, made, and sourced in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's a selling point. Family business. They've been doing this for how long? 50 years? 50 years. Awesome. Uh, and then Jill Swing sent us a Twinkie the Kid t-shirt. So thank you very much. Yeah. I believe it was homemade design too, right? Uh, I don't know. I think it is. Was it? Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. That was very kind of you. Yeah, we have one more installment that and you then, will hear soon. And then, then I uh, have to do it because these are all the ones that Chuck compiled. I think it's most of them, though. Do you have a lot? I've got a decent amount. All right. Well, then there'll be a part four. Good. And then we'll start all over. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you uh, want to send us something, even something as innocuous as just a hello, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com uh, slash Stuff You Should Know. And you can uh, send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 